Welcome to the Run Around Iowa, the podcast that's dedicated to news and interviews with the athletes, coaches, and personalities who are making headlines in cross country, track and field, road running, trail running, and triathlon in the state of Iowa. And now, here is your host, Lance Ferguson. A very good Monday to you all. Uh, and it is a balmy one outside, 82 degrees on April 5th. That is really surprising for Iowa, but I certainly enjoyed it, and I certainly sweated like a pig today on my run, but I'm not complaining, and uh, certainly track and field fans won't either if the weather is like this in a couple weeks for the Drake Relays, and I know Blake Bolden won't complain about that either. Um, I want. I. Uh, I. I hope. Uh, I listened to my podcast um, the other day, and I was like, felt like I was sleeping. So I'm, I'm going to try to pick up the. <laughs> felt like I wasn't uh, too energetic. I don't know. I needed my energetic pill there. So hopefully we'll jazz it up today a little bit, and and uh, got a lot to talk about. So that should be uh, uh, certainly uh, will help my cause. Uh, and trying to, uh, well, and tr trying to bring, break down everything that happened. It was a big newsy weekend uh, in Iowa, uh, track and field, certainly. Um, first uh, thing I want to talk about is this change for this podcast. Uh, last week I threw out that I wanted to try to find a different name. Just didn't feel like it really had enough pizzazz to it. And a, uh, a listener emailed me and suggested uh, the run around Iowa, and I really like that. Uh, I think uh, it has that double meaning uh, with running, not just the sport, but also run being short for run down around Iowa, a run down of all the uh, events uh, that are occurring. Uh, and I wanted it to be around Iowa, um, certainly cover the whole sport. Uh, and I definitely wanted to get the the, uh, the the state of Iowa in there, so I think the uh, I think the podcast title achieves what I wanted to. So I'm pretty happy about that, and thanks to the caller for that suggestion. And we'll be moving on, and hopefully you'll be able to find the podcast no problem, even though the name has changed. And when you hear that sound, that means we've got some news. And uh, I guess Thursday, um, Northern Iowa uh, gave uh, a nice contract extension for cross-country and track and field coach David Paulson. Um, Five-year extension through the 2027 spring season. That, uh, that shows the commitment that um, UNI has to uh, David Paulson, and he's done a very good job. Um, comes, comes right on the heels of the Panthers winning their second consecutive men's Missouri Valley Conference indoor title, where Paulson was named the coach of the year. <clears throat> in fact, the Panther men have won two straight NBC outdoor titles as well in 2018 and 19 uh, on that. Last year, they didn't have the season. Um, thought there was an interesting quote. Uh, UNI Director of Athletics David Harris said in the release that our track and field and cross-country programs have consistently won championships over the five years, over the past five years. We are excited for the future of the programs under Dave's leadership. And uh, Paulson in that release 
um, says we will continue to strive to win championships with student athletes that represent UNI at the highest level, both on and off the track, and are grateful to be in position to continue to lead this program moving forward. So um, Paulson uh, certainly keeping on the tradition uh, left behind by notably uh, Chris Bucknam, uh, who's now at Arkansas, <clears throat> but also uh, he's forging his own path, certainly um, picking up the mantle and um, uh, carrying it even further uh, for sure, um, because it, it can't be easy, certainly uh, recruiting at Northern Iowa. Uh, their recruits are generally Iowa kids they don't recruit much out of the uh, much out of the Midwest, so um, you have to mold the Iowa kids, and he uh, has done a very good job. Um, uh, since he's taken over the 2015-16 indoor season, Paulson's uh, had he's coached ten individual All American All Americans at the NCAA indoors and outdoors. He was named. Uh, United States Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association Midwest Region Outdoor Coach of the Year um, in 2018. Um, and in 2017, the women's cross country fin team finished seventh at the NCAA Midwest Regional, which is the highest finish for the Panthers in program history. And um, they've won five MVC team championships um, and uh, three runner up finishes. So they've, uh, he's ach uh, achieved a lot at Cedar Falls and he's going to be going to be there th through the 2027 season. It looks like, um, the Drake relays announced, uh, on March 30th, that they're going to have spectators. That's something that Blake Bolden kind of intimated about, uh, on the podcast. I uh, had with him a week ago, or well, it's been a little more than a week ago, um, but there's going to be strict pro uh, protocols, socially distanced seating, of course, and masks man mandated for the America's Athletic Classic coming up April 22nd through the 24th. Um, ticket holders who deferred or donated their tickets from last year's non-event are going to receive emails of their seating options Tuesday, April 6th, so that's tomorrow as I'm broadcasting this. Um, ticket, pass, ticket packages and single session tickets are gonna go on sale via email uh, to people who have, pre uh, who have previously purchased all session and single session uh, events. Uh, that's coming the following week on April 13th. So I imagine that it's gonna be a lot of what you've seen, uh, if you've been watching NCAA basketball tournament, I, I, I suppose the, the attendance is probably going to be well under half. Um, we'll have to see, maybe a quarter. I don't want to speculate here, but certainly they're going to limit the attendance. And um, so the tickets are going to be a hot commodity. They probably will be tough to get by. So be checking your uh, emails beginning tomorrow if you're a regular of the relays. Um, wanted to give a plug to the Blazing 10K Invitational. That's coming up on Sunday. Um, and it's being touted as uh, the best team competition in Iowa racing history. Um, you've got um, teams from, uh, well, you've got the uh, Minnesota Distance Elite 
which used to be Team USA Minnesota. They're coming. They're bringing their 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 top runners. Uh, looks like Kansas City Smoke is coming as well. You've got the the uh, Lincoln uh, uh, teams as well. You got a Chicago group. Um, so it's going to be it's and and, and of course uh, the uh, Runablaze Iowa, uh, the local team that um, is hoping for a top three finish among the men. Um, it's it's a at Waterworks course. It's essentially a double loop of the Blazing 5K that they had in October. Uh, 10 a.m. men's race. Uh, there will be 63 runners supposed, uh, expected to uh, race, uh, with most of them, uh, well, with a bunch of them uh, breaking 30. Um, um, and, and, and like I said, the Minnesota distance elite is probably the team to beat in these fields. Um, and, um, and they're led by, uh, Kevin Lewis, former Ottumwa High and Iowa runner, who's one of their top runners with MDE. And he's got, uh, a 2832 PR. Um, so he's, uh, certainly a guy to watch for. The women's race will be at 11. And they're expecting about 30 runners, uh, with um, yeah, close to about 10 of them that can run um, um, under 35. And uh, MDE has uh, got a real good trio of Katie German. Um, she's, of course, one of the Iowa great runners, ran for Iowa State, All-American there. Brianna Siraki and Dakota Lindworm. So they've got a, a really quality top three and Wisconsin running race team is, is uh, bringing a good women's team as well. Um, and it's um, run ablaze Iowa men. They're going to have two teams um, led by Austin O'Brien, who um, who's broken 30 and Jay Welp, who's also broken 30, uh, Blake Whalen and Devin Albaugh and Steve Freshel. Um the women's lineup is going to be for uh, Run of Blazes, Flannery, Serpent Boach, Bohawk, uh, Sarah Bakula, Angela Cheney, and Je Jessica Haruska. So um, that's coming up on April 11th. The honorary starters are two people that if you've been listening to my podcast, you uh, know them. It's Blake Bolden and Dana Herrick, who was my first guest. Uh, a couple weeks ago she's a 232 marathoner so there you go the blazing 10k is coming up on sunday um, i'll definitely have a report from that next week uh, um back to the track and field we're on to the results from the week and um they were reporting on the u.s track and field and cross country Athletics Association um, on their website, they were reporting that there were 127 outdoor meets that were reported from March 31st to April 6th. So track and field is back and the weather was really good for it as well. And there was no bigger, <laughs> no bigger meet last weekend than the Hayward Premier. It was the first First meet for the new new Hayward Field, uh, Oregon Spectacular uh, Stadium that will be host for the World Championships in another year. Uh, 
it's fantastic. And Iowa State was among the teams that was there. It was action-packed. Um, you had BYU there. You had, of course, the host Oregon team. It was loaded competition. And Iowa State put on a fantastic battle in the 10,000 meters. This is the past king. I don't know if you want to call him the past king because Edwin, Edwin Kurgat's still got something to say about it. But the um, last year's king of uh, distance running, he's the, he was the uh, cross-country champion, NCAA champion from, let me get my years right. It would be 2019, correct? Yes. And then um, Wesley Kiptu, who won the indoor 5,000, uh, and then uh, was upset um, in the uh, championship in, in uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma in March. But, but he was coming off of a three-day layoff between races, which, uh, which was a very difficult turnaround. But anyway, it was the sophomore Kip 2 against the senior Kurgat. What a phenomenal battle these two guys had. And it was, you could watch it too. Uh, and there was a live stream that you could watch this race on. It was it was a phenomenal race. Um, they were paced through the first 4,000 by Oregon's uh, mile champion, Cooper Tier. But then it became down to Kip 2 Kurgat after 5,000 meters. So it, it came down to those two. Uh, Kurgat took the lead with a mile to go, but then Kip 2 overtook him with 1,000 uh, left. And um, despite having to move in and out because of lap traffic, uh, Kip 2 was able to um, navigate those runners and was able to hold off Edwin Kurgat to get the victory. Uh, those are the top two times in the NCAA. Both guys broke 28 minutes. It's the top two times ever in Iowa State history. 27.58.10 for Kip 2. 27.58.33 for Kurgat, and they're also, like I said, number one and two in the NCAAs this year, so it was a phenomenal race um, last Friday night at the new Hayward Field, and um, they weren't the only ones to put on a good performance as Cyclone Junior Mitchell Day knocked a massive 75 seconds off his previous best to finish 13th. 2855. Um, that's the number eight time in the Iowa State history. So good job by Mitchell Day getting his name out there uh, in the record books. Um, I wanted to also mention that former uh, Lynn Mara Marion runner Ryan Murphy, uh, he's a junior um, athletically, he runs for Arkansas. He was 18th in that race in 2907. 0.23. So Ryan Murphy almost breaks 29 himself, and he finished 18. Um, that uh, 10,000 was just one of several fantastic races uh, last Friday night. Uh, you got uh, David Two against BYU's Clayson Shumway. Shumway's a freshman. Um, Two and Shumway had a real great battle. Uh, Shumway got him at the tape and the lean in the 3,000 steeplechase. He was 0.1 second ahead of two. 
with two's time of 8.47.58 uh, is an 8-second personal best. It's number three in the NCAA this year, um, as Shumways is number two. And it's the number seven time in, in Iowa State history. So, uh, great effort by two. And um, he's got, uh, right now I'd say, a really good shot to make the NCAA regionals, for sure. Uh, qualifying. Um, Festus Lagat was also in action. He was, sorry about that. <laughs> I've just been paged. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't know I had volume on, on my computer. I thought I had turned that down. Uh, Festus Lagat uh, was also in action. He ran the 1500. He placed third in that race in 339.93. Um, he's the first cyclone um so it's schooled record holder steve green that goes way back um i'll have to <laughs> i'll have to look back at when steve green ran um to uh to, to run uh sub 340. Uh, dennis barker who is um ran for iowa state and he's going to be my uh my guest um later on this week uh for my next podcast i'll have to ask him uh about Steve Green, whether he ran against him. Um, <clears throat> but he ran, uh, he's the first cyclone to run under 340 in the 1500 um, with a fantastic uh, final 400 of 55.84 seconds. So he breaks 340, runs 339.93. That time is number four in Iowa State history and the number five time in Division One this season. Um, there was a 1500 uh, heat as well, um, and Nehemia 2 of Cyclones uh, made up some ground on the final lap, and he ran uh, 349.13. Moving on to the 3000 Steeplechase Invitational Women's Race, where uh, Wichita State's graduate uh, student Rebecca Topham uh, finished fourth in that race, uh, and she put in the seventh best time nationally uh, in the NCAA with a 10.04.38 time. So great to see the former Griswold prep doing well. She's got one more shot at uh, her uh, final outdoor season, and it looks like she's in pretty good form. Um, her coach, Steve Rainbolt, um, said it was nice to see Rebecca, back in uniform and competing at a high level. And um, that's certainly the case there. Um, Iowa State's Abby Caldwell, uh, in the same situation as Rebecca Topham. She finished sixth in 1019.34. She just missed her PR, which is 1019 flat. So just so close to getting that PR. She finished sixth in that race. Winning time was Charlotte Prouse. Uh, senior from New Mexico of 9.54.65. That time is the best in the nation uh, so far in the early going. Uh, women's 10,000, Callie Logue uh, was in that race. Uh, great to see her bounce back from that uh, disappointment uh, from uh, cross-country nationals. She finished fifth in that strong invitational field. She ran 33.09.99. Um, ran a final lap of 74.27 uh, to finish fifth. 
Um, her time, um, as I see it, is sixth nationally um, in the NCAA Division I this season. The winner was Claire O'Brien of Boise State. Um, she ran 32-43. Um, that's the women's 10,000. And there was one other race from the... Um, from the Friday night uh, list of events there at uh, Hayward Field. And it was uh, Thomas Pollard, uh, Cyclone uh, senior. He went going, he went sub 14 for the first time, running a PR of 1355.27. He finished 10th in that 5,000 invite, which was another loaded field. So great, uh, great time by the former Gilbert High prep. Um, who's, I'm sure, in his go around, last go around uh, this season with the Cyclones. Uh, Saturday's events, we really uh, had a lot more sprint events on Saturday. Friday was kind of the distance carnival, but there was a good 800 race. Uh, Festus Legat and Rashawn Rooms, um, kind of like on Friday night um, with. Uh, uh, Kip Two and Kurgot had their own little uh, 800 battle. Um, they um, they battled it out against Oregon's Cole Hawker and Luis Peralta. Uh, Hawker, uh, guy who's coming off an NCAA title, um, held the um, held the inside spot and was able to hold off Lagat, um, who ends up running 147.15. Hawker ran 146.6, so those are phenomenal times for uh, early April. Rooms, um, another guy who's uh, lost a season last year, is coming back um, to try to finish off his career in style. He finished fourth in 147.87. That race, by the way, was paced by Jason Gomez, who just got done uh, finishing a, as an indoor All-American at 800 meters. Um, he, he paced the field through you know, about the first 500 meters. So, um, so, but he did not finish. He stepped off the track at that point. Um, so I guess number three time uh, nationally um, for Festus Legat, that time of 147.15 and Rooms' time is fourth nationally, or not, not, uh, number eight nationally, number eight in the NCAA Division I. So really good early times, and that's one reason why Iowa State jumped all the way to number eight in the, uh, in the power rankings that came out today, um, posted by the USTF CC. Um, that, uh, that's one, a big reason they jumped a whole bunch of spots. I can't even remember what it was. I, I tweeted it out, it was like, 50 spots or something, um, but that's a big reason why they got uh, they got a great distance crew, and that's going to score a lot of points at nationals, you would think. Um, there was also an 800-meter run besides the Invitational, and um, Alex Lamong, a senior, led Iowa State with a time of 151.02, and there was a string of guys uh, for Iowa State, who all finished under 152. David Thompson, the junior from Lewis, Iowa, and uh, who went to Griswold. He, he was eighth in 151.24. Lionel Perez, a senior from Laverne, Tennessee. Uh, he was 10th in 
Hemia II, an Iowa State sophomore from Kenya, ran 151.54. He finished 11th. And Joe Schaefer, a freshman from Johnston, he ran 151.97. That's a PR for uh, Joe Schaefer. So really good times um, uh, by the Cyclone crew this early in the season. Uh, there was one, I guess there was one other race I wanted to talk about, and that was the women's 1,500-meter invite where former Iowa Central runner Adva Cohen, who now is a senior at New Mexico, she finished ninth in that race in 428.10. Winning time was 416.1. Um, so that was the 1,500-meter invite. Uh, Hayward was certainly the pinnacle of the track and field um, universe. Uh, it was certainly the epicenter, but it wasn't the only place where some really quality track and field happened. Iowa was at the Big Florida Invitational. Uh, hosted by North Florida University in Jacksonville um, Friday and Saturday. And let's see, Tyson Bandraska picked up his second win in the 800 meters. Um, I guess he won, he won the 1500 last week, but it's his second uh, win outdoors in a row. Um, he won in 149.36. Um, and you had... Uh, Alex Still, a former Woodbury Central runner who was third in 150.23. That's a PR for Alec. Um, Tyler Olson, a former Muscatine prep, ran 152.3, also a PR. So uh, really, and, and, and there's a string more of PRs. Uh, Armando Bryson was 12th in 152.54. Spencer Goodgill was... 152.74 PR. Jason Hoffman also ran a PR 153.33. So a lot of a lot of uh, fast times by the Hawkeyes there um, to do that. Uh, men's Open, um, they also had runners there in that event, and Cal Lewis ended up winning that Open uh, in 151.96, running a PR. Uh, Jeff Roberts, who you will hear in a short bit, he was 8th in that race in 154.80, but I think he was bouncing back from the 1500. Uh, Nathan maybe, maybe had the highlight of the, the uh, actually for the Hawkeyes uh, distance crew at the Big Florida Invitational. He won the uh, steeplechase, his first steeplechase um, since he placed ninth at the NCAA Outdoors in 2019. So look at that. He's, that's his first steeplechase in almost two years. And he runs 850.26. That's the fifth best time in the NCAA. So the redshirt senior from Clarkston, Michigan, is off and running on his, um, on his uh, senior season that got taken away last year. Um, so phenomenal performance by him. Um, let's look at the 3,000. You had Nick Tratner getting the win. <clears throat> He's a sophomore from Naperville, Illinois. Uh, he ran 8.17.67, uh, edging his Hawkeye teammate Noah Healy, a senior from Frankfort, Illinois. Uh, Noah ran 8.18.19.
So um, good running by those two. I uh, wanted to point out, um, well, there's several more events um, that did well. Mallory King was in the Open Women's 800, and uh, the former Davenport Deception Prep ran 20801. Um, that's lightning fast uh, for early April. Um, Claire Pitcher was 10th in 212.44. Logan Ackeson um, was 13th in 214.69. Um, and, and Amber Asoff uh, ran a PR of uh, 215.39. She went to Healan uh, High School. Um, so, and Logan Ackeson was also in Iowa. Um, so the women's open was good. Uh, the women's 800 invitational, they also had one of those uh, at the big meet. And Tia Saunders, former Iowa City West prep, was 12th in that race in 2-12-22. Um, Emma Gordon, um, she's a former Ankeny Centennial prep. She ran in a couple races back-to-back uh, -back on, on different days. Um, she finished fifth in the women's 3000. She was the second best Hawkeye, um, behind Kelly Tosic. Uh, she's a freshman from Grays Lake, Illinois. Uh, Tosic ran 954.05. Gordon, uh, ran 10 flat 10 flat 35. She is, that's a PR for Emma Gordon. She turned around and ran the 1500 meter invite, and she ended up leading the Hawkeyes with a ninth place finish of 430.02, which is also a PR. So two PRs in a weekend for Emma Gordon. Um, she certainly has a bright career ahead of her. She uh, turned the tables on, on Tosik, who was 10th in that race in 432.31. And then Logan Ackeson was uh, 16th in 444.84. Um, so there you go. Um, oh, nope, there was another, and, uh, there was a women's open. <laughs> there was a lot of invitational and opens and everything. Um, so you had, um, also a women's open and a Amber Asoff, I told you she was from a, a former healing runner. She ran 442.28, which is a PR for her. So she did um, top uh, Ackeson in that uh, time-wise out of the two after losing out to Ackeson in the 800. Northern Iowa and several Iowa community colleges were at the USD Early Bird Meet in Vermilion on Saturday uh, with a couple of victories. Uh, Iowa Western's Jonas Mogos took the victory in the men's 1500 after running 352.33. Uh, that number for Jonas makes him number one in the NJCAA this early season. And, and according to Iowa Western, it breaks their school record. Northern Iowa's Seb Gerhardt, who's a former Cedar Rapids prep, he finished third in 354.54. And Sioux City North prep, Merga Gamita, who runs for the University of South Dakota, was fourth in 354.65. I'll be mentioning Merga in just a little while. 
And taking fifth was the Panthers' Walcott, or sixth, excuse me. He was sixth. Uh, he is a graduate. Uh, I think he's a, yeah, he's, he's a graduate student. He was sixth in his outdoor debut in 357-44. Walcott was sixth. Uh, you and I had a victory from former Pocahontas area prep Jill Vanam. Uh, she won the 5,000 in Vermilion in 1811. Uh, and her um, Northern Iowa teammate Tess Rorda, who was a former Pella prep, she finished fifth in 1842. And uh, right behind her was, uh, well, not right behind her, but finishing sixth was Isabel Schaefer. She was uh, clocked in 1859.53. Isabel is a former Waukee High School uh, runner. Jill wasn't the only Panther who was running in that 5,000 at uh, Vermilion. Uh, Panther teammate Tess Rorda uh, was fifth in 1842.97. Tess is a former uh, Pella High School runner. And finishing sixth was Isabel Schaefer uh, in 1859.53. Schaefer is a former Waukee High School prep. Um, then you had the 1500. Uh, at the early bird, where UNI's Paige Holub finished second, clocking a personal best time of 4.31.94 in that 1500. So congratulations to the Mon former Monticello prep. Taking third in that, in that race was uh, Iowa Western's fantastic Faith Linga. I think she's coming off three wins in the Indoor Nationals, if I remember right, uh, leading... Uh, the Reavers to the, certainly the indoor national title. Faith was third in 435.2 in that 1500. So good competition for her moving up against the Division I programs. And then um, it's nice to see Joanna Topham, uh, that, that is the sister of the former Wichita State runner. Uh, she finished seventh. Uh, in 447.50, and Joanna Topham uh, runs for Omaha. Um, in the men's 5,000, Merga Gamita finished second in that race uh, after also running fourth in the 1,500. Merga ran 15.09.02, uh, um, and also taking Sixth in that race was former Council Bluffs Thomas Jefferson prep, Wimack Gilo. Uh, Wimack is an Iowa Western freshman and ran 15.23. Then <clears throat> we have the women's 3,000. This is pretty typical uh, meet. You had uh, uh, all the distance events. Helen Gold of South Dakota uh, and a former Valley High School prep. She was fourth in that 3,000 steeplechase in 11.23. Uh, the winning time was 10.39 in that race. Uh, the men's 800, uh, Iowa Western's Lee Aaron Burks, he was fourth in 153.61. Leading UNI's effort was Zach Krogman. Uh, he's a former Mount Vernon prep. He was fifth in 154.17. And then you had um, former Urbandale Jayhawk Ben Dahlmiller, he was sixth in 154.21. Um, 
USD had a representative from Iowa, and that's Dylan Blake. He was eighth in 155.40. Dylan ran for Maple Valley AO, Anthony Oto. Um, <clears throat> Iowa Central had a couple women who uh, did well in the 800. Uh, Chloe Lenore, she's uh, from France. She's They recruited her from over in Europe. Um, she set a season best of 218.34 to finish fourth. And then Rosalie Fish, who has committed to the University of Washington and is from that state, she uh, ran 218.82 to finish fifth. And also, she ran a personal best time. Uh, one other note I thought was interesting, Oksana Covey, the former Des Moines Christian prep, uh, she runs for South Dakota State. She dropped down in distance. She's normally an 800, 1500 runner. She ran the 400 and finished second. Uh, so I wanted to mention her. Uh, she's a, a senior for the Jacks. She ran 56.4. Um, and there you have it. That is, yeah, that's it for the uh, early bird. Beautiful weather over in Vermilion uh, on Saturday for that. Let's go down to NCAA Division II. Uh, the SBU Bearcat Invitational was held in Bolivar, Missouri. And former Iowa Central uh, runner Lillian Buseni, uh a junior for Central Missouri, was the winner uh, in the uh, 3000 steeplechase. In fact, that uh, 3000 had uh, a couple uh, Iowa representatives uh, in it with Lillian leading the way running 1108 um, and then finishing second was Caroline Cunningham um, she's a former Cedar Falls prep now runs for Northwest Missouri um, she ran 1119.19 and that um, was a historical run for Caroline uh, that puts her third on Northwest's all-time list so Congratulations for her uh, jumping into uh, the Northwest Bearcat uh, record books. They ran at a Bearcat Invitational. It wasn't their own Bearcat meet. Um, also, uh, Garner Hayfield's Reese Smith, also running for Northwest Missouri. He uh, had a tremendous indoor season, continued it with the out, outdoor, finishing second in the 3000 steeplechase after running 9 10. Point one five, I believe that was his debut at the steeplechase at the college level, and he's now fifth uh, in Northwest history for that event, the steeplechase. So congratulations also to Reese for uh, jumping into the top ten all time. Uh, so that's the highlights from Division Two, and then Division Three we had um, a record-breaking performance by Wartburg College senior Joe Freeberger. Um, he's a guy who we saw him at the um, at the uh, 5K, uh, the the Blazing 5K in October. Ran a great time there. Well, he shattered the uh, Warburg College school record of the 10,000 meters. If you know uh, Warburg, they have a, a very good uh, running tradition, um, and he ran 29:36.5. At Loris College's uh, midweek invite, that was on Thursday, April 1st, uh, hosted in Dubuque. Uh, that time of 29.36 is the fastest in Division Three, 
So he's definitely a contender for the national title. Um, he, uh, the previous record um, was Brian Chenoweth uh, 12 years ago. Uh, was 30.07.34. So Freeburger takes almost 30 seconds off that time uh, from, uh, well, it was more than 30 seconds. Yeah, it was 31 seconds. So he shatters the record set by Brian Chenoweth 12 years ago. Um, and also number one time in Division Three, And he's got, uh, well, close to two months here to improve on that. Um, Warburg also took second and third as Morgan Shirley Fairburn and Sam Schmitz. Um, both ran in the 30s uh, behind Freeburger. Um, both broke 31. Uh, then we had a phenomenal uh, competition in the 1500. Uh, Aubrey Fisher and Cassie Rosenbaum. Uh, Aubrey is from Warburg. Cassie is Loris and a former cross-country national champion in Division Three. This time, Aubrey Fisher, the Warburg freshman. Uh, this is her first outdoor campaign. She got the win in 438.91. She's a former AGWSR of Ackley Prep. And Rosenbaum, uh, the Loris Jr. Uh, for outdoor track, uh, she ran 441.16. We might be seeing that battle uh, take place again for the conference meet. Um, Cassie is from Guttenberg. So a, f a really good uh, good battle between, certainly, I would, I would uh, in my estimation, they're the two uh, best uh, milers in that conference. Um, Wartburg also picked up a nice win in the 3000 steeplechase. Curran Mathias, who is from nearby Denver, up in northeast Iowa. He's a senior. He got the eighth best outdoor time ever in Warburg history in that 3,000 steeplechase. Curran ran 9.22.04, so he uh, landed into the record books. Um, and Warburg also had Karina Collett, who ran the 10K in 36.27. 0.21, that is also a top 10 time uh, for Wartburg College uh, in their history. So some phenomenal um, early season performances there at the Loris College Eastern Midweek uh, invite. We got one more event uh, that I wanted to talk about, and that was the men's 1500, where um, three men um, broke 358 in that race. Led by Loris freshman Ryan Harvey, he ran 356.83. He topped junior Wyatt Kelly, who ran 357.2. And then Werper junior Ali Ali, who is from Iowa City, I do know that, he uh, ran 357.26. So a good battle there in that men's 1500. Those were, I believe, the only three that broke four minutes in that 1500. Um, so there you have it. That is the rundown. Finish it up here with what's next. Uh, Iowa State and Drake will be competing at the Jim Duncan Invitational in Des Moines on uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, that's the precursor to the Drake Relays, of course. Always held two weeks before the Relays. 
Iowa State has a split squad. Uh, I imagine their distance runners are probably going to be in Des Moines. I have not yet seen the uh, the entries for that, but I believe I mean, I've, I've got to believe that the sprinters uh, and the hurdlers are probably going to go down and compete at the University of Mississippi also Friday, Saturday at the Joe Walker Invitational in Oxford, Mississippi. But certainly Iowa State's got a split squad. Drake, they're going to run everybody at the Jim Duncan Relays. Iowa has another uh, Big Ten Invitational. This one is Indiana number two in Bloomington. Um, that's on Friday and Saturday, so the Hawkeyes and Minnesota will be there. Uh, Abby Cohet Jackson, I anticipate probably will be making her uh, outdoor debut there for the Gophers <coughs> at uh, Bloomington. UNI uh, is skipping the Duncan Invitational. They're going down to the Tom Botts Invitational in Columbia, Missouri. So the Panthers will be there Friday and Saturday. And like I said uh, at the top of the show, or near it, uh, the Blazing 10K Invitational is um, Sunday in Des Moines at, at uh, Waterworks Park. Uh, I look forward to seeing the competition there, uh, seeing who comes out uh, in those team races and individually to see just how fast uh, the winners will run. Hopefully we get to see some 28-minute uh, times. And then um, on Saturday, uh, you have the uh, Capital Striders Loop the Lake 8K. Um, it didn't have it last year because of the pandemic. And this year, uh, they are having um, staggered starts, but they're still having it at 930 at Grays Lake Park. And I believe you can still enter that um, as of uh, this moment. So um, Loop the Lake 8K is the top uh, local uh, race in the area. That race used to draw four or five hundred. It was a really good draw. Uh, hopefully they can get back to those numbers uh, eventually once we get past the pandemic. So that's it for this episode of the Run Around Iowa. Remember, join me later on this week. I will have an interview with Dennis Barker, the former Iowa State running great and coach of Team USA Minnesota. He'll be on to talk about the state of uh, running in Iowa and uh, also, I'm sure he'll have some tips for you with coaching. He's been coaching for many, many years. Until then, happy trails, everyone.